Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Well, this is the season of resolution, revolution, resolutions and re- maybe revolutions too. I don't know. There's a prophetic word coming there. I don't know. Resolutions and fresh starts of you know, buying gym memberships and exercise equipment with really strong intentions to really use them and not just to hang our clothes on six weeks from now. There's something about flipping the calendar from this year to the next year that seems to inspire in me, maybe in most of us, this, okay, this next time around, I'm going to do better somehow. However it is in my life, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, vocationally, whatever else, there's something about we flip the calendar and there's something in us that says, well, this, this time around, this trip around the sun, uh, we're going to do it better. I'm going to muscle up my game. I'm going to push through. I'm going to have more success, all those sorts of things. And those things can tend to be in our minds. Now, per- honestly, personally, I am not much of a resolution person. I learned early on, I don't really have the willpower for that. So I don't make a lot of resolutions. I found the, that the way of resolution making mostly becomes about my willpower to force some change in me that ends up being unsustainable. I make a list of all the things I'm going to do better. And literally like six hours later, I'm back in the cookie jar. And it's like, well, forget that, right? And so while I'm not really into resolutions, and if you are, great. If that's worked for you on a path of, you know, up and to the right throughout your whole life, good for you. Even though I'm not into resolutions, I do believe in the potential of the transformation of human lives. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus through the Holy Spirit is absolutely transforming people's lives every day all around the world, including right here at Stony Plain Alliance. And I believe that happens by living responsively to the Spirit every single day, not just on the end of one month as it leads into the next month, but living into the responsiveness of the Holy Spirit's promptings. You know, I've said before, I think for my life, discipleship and what it means to be an apprentice of Jesus, I kind of summarize it this way. My whole growth in Christ is essentially this. It's cutting the lag time between when God speaks and when I obey. That's basically it for me. God is speaking. God is prompting. God's inviting. The Spirit is saying, you know, be responsive in this way. And most of my discipleship journey is cutting the lag time. It's cutting down the excuses between when God speaks and I know that he's invited me to something or has convicted me about something or is empowering me to change something And when I actually behave, when I actually obey, when I actually do the thing that God's asked me to do. And honestly, for a lot of my life, I like to create huge gaps and chasms between when God speaks and when I act. And it's really in those gaps where temptation and all sorts of sin happens that I don't want any part of anymore in my life. And so I really do think that transformation of walking in the way of the Spirit, becoming more like Jesus, is less about resolutions, of us putting our willpower, our stamp on something that we want to do, and way more about the daily practices that keep us responsive to the promptings of the Spirit. And I believe it's the way into fullness of life, and that it's for everyone, that everyone can be living into responsiveness to the Spirit and just taking that next step that God's calling us to take. The question for us is how can we grow in our responsiveness to the Spirit and the invitations of Jesus? And I don't think it happens best by making spiritual resolution that we'll just muscle through to some level of success. 
For followers of Jesus, we've been given practices that with the Spirit's power at work in us, result over time in growing deeper and stronger in Christ. We have disciplines and practices that we've been given, like gathering, like not forsaking this getting together, both here and online, to say at least once a week, we're going to be reminded of the kingdom together. We're going to hear Jesus together. We've been given practices of generosity, so we continue to live open-handedly and not be grasping and not live with that scarcity or greed mindset, but instead to be generous. There's practices of fasting, which is to deny ourselves something in order to be more in tune with the heart of Jesus. We've been given practices of prayer and of silence. All of these practices, and there's many more, sit before us not in kind of a, well, I'm going to make a resolution kind of posture, but in this idea that we can adopt day by day a practice, a way of walking, a way of being, that over time, with that practice, transforms us to be more like Jesus. And one of the practices that we focus on around here at Stony Plain Alliance is the regular reading and teaching from Scripture. You look at something like 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, where the Apostle Paul says, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Notice the Scripture doesn't say there, hey, get out there and do some good works and then find out if God's going to come behind you and bless it. It's this whole idea that when we come to the scriptures, that the scriptures are God-breathed. Another way of saying that is the scriptures are inspired. They hold the intention of God as the revelation of Christ. All the scriptures are pointing to Jesus. And to say that the scripture is God-breathed, we're going to have this picture in mind of the very first people that God breathed his breath into. The very first people that were animated by the Spirit. And now... Paul takes this idea of being animated by the Spirit, of being given life, and says, when we read the Scriptures, it's not just something that God inspired, it's that God's inspiring, God's breathing life into you through the Scriptures. That what he's saying there and how he's communicating it to you is essential for your life and vitality. And when we're breathing the breath of God, when God is giving us that life through the reading and study of Scripture, we find that we're taught we find that we're guided, we're corrected, we're trained, so that as we go about doing the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do, we're pulling from a reservoir of power and strength and insight that's come in the quiet place of being with God through the scriptures. That's why we're committed to it, of the teaching and regular reading of scripture. As a church, we are committed to that teaching of the scriptures wherever we gather and believe that the good news of Jesus Christ is being revealed in every text. But the reading of scripture isn't just for our Sunday gatherings, is it? It's a practice that all of us can be participating in through our daily lives. And right now, some of you are probably making resolutions about more Bible this year. And you've got your reading plan out. I remember a few years ago, I was on the uh, Version app, you know, on the, the Bible app on the phone. And it does this crazy thing where, it's, you know, you go a few days and it congratulates you for a streak. It's like you have a streak of Bible reading. And so I found that when I was doing that, I would actually just read the Bible to keep the streak going. Like I would kind of open it and like read a verse or two, like, yes, another streak. And honestly, one day the spirit kind of prompted me. He's like, so, so why are you coming? <laughs> why are you coming to the scriptures? And my honest answer was, because I got like 78 on my streak and I got to get 79. And conviction of the Lord was like, that's not, that's not what I'm trying to breathe into you more pride over a streak of Bible reading. Like literally, what is that? 
And so we don't need to make resolutions just around more Bible. While reading more is good, the goal of reading the scriptures is not about how much we can read or how fast we can get through the Bible. It's not a race. And for true spiritual transformation to occur in our lives, to literally feel the breath of God through the scriptures as we read, we don't just read the scriptures, we actually have to allow the scriptures to read us. It's where we sit ourselves in relation to the scriptures. We talk a lot about like sitting over the scriptures and reading and studying, and that's really good. But it's another thing to sit under the text, to submit to what's being said, and invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate what we're reading and then respond to the invitations we hear. This takes not just reading and studying, it requires meditating and listening. And the practice that has helped me do this through my life, so the scripture doesn't just become religious obligation or anything else like that. And one of the practices that's becoming increasingly important to us here at Stony Plain Alliance is the practice of what we call Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina is this Latin word, it just, Latin words, it simply means a divine reading. And even as a staff, we sit down every Tuesday morning and we begin our week together. We open the scriptures and we do Lectio Divina together. It's been a practice of the church since about the second century, a way of reading together in community to hear God's voice, to breathe the breath of God through the inspired word. The last January, back when 2023 was beginning, we took the whole month of January this past year to practice Lectio Divina together. Over those numbers of weeks, we sat in some of the stories of Jesus and some of the words of the epistles and simply reflected with one another through group teaching and learning through the scriptures. And we're going to be doing it again this January, starting, well, today, but into January. So I wanted to give us for this weekend a quick tutorial on how we practice Lectio Divina and over the last number of weeks, there's a number of you that I've spoken to. You're not only new to Stony Plain Alliance, you're brand new to what it means to follow Jesus. You're brand new to the Bible, and it can all be a little intimidating. And so we're going to pump the brakes here a little bit this weekend and simply dive into and practice together this Lectio Divina, this divine reading, a way of entering into the scriptures where we can literally be filled with the breath of God through what we're reading. And my prayer this week is that this becomes a life-giving exercise that awakens us to the beauty of Jesus and his way for us. This is not about religious obligation or a checklist or expanding a streak on some reading app. This is about growing in communion with Jesus and finding him to be the all-sufficient one who meets all of our needs. So friends, are you feeling rushed? or overwhelmed at all these days? You find yourself being distracted and the people and the things that really do deserve our best attention are getting leftovers. Any of you feeling numb after the holidays here and it'd be better just not to feel? You feeling confused about what's happening and where are we going and where's my life headed? Do you find anger getting the best of you at certain moments? Or maybe you sense some kind of apathy setting in, a coldness of heart that you're a little concerned about. I think it's true of all of us. I mean, this last month or two, I've talked about it a few weekends ago, there just seems to be a weight and a pressure emotionally and spiritually in our world right now that feels a little unique. 
maybe unique to us, not unique to time, but unique to us in this place. And I think we're absolutely done with just the try harder, do better message. We don't need more of our willpower. What we need is more of Jesus. We need more of the spirit. For transformation and that kind of revival and awakening to happen won't, be cut, won't happen because we grit our teeth and pray super hard, extra, extra, extra. It's going, to be, it's going to happen when we all submit to the spirit together under the teachings of the scripture and the spirit inspires new life in us. And out of that reservoir of life, we get to live differently. God wants more for us in our lives than the anger and the rushing and the confusion. He wants that for us. One of the themes over December is how much God longs for us. He wants fullness of life for us. And so how do we position ourselves to be that conduit of life as opposed to resisting what God's up to? And maybe the way to healing isn't through some quick fix program. I wondered this week, what if our modern problems are demanding an ancient solution? A pathway to walk, a practice to, tr- a practice to try that to our great surprise ends up leading to life. Well, that's Lectio Divina, an ancient practice that puts us in tune with what God's up to in our lives. And so I want to introduce it to you, and then we're going to practice it together today. We're going to have some fun. So the whole idea around Lectio Divina begins when you choose a text to read. You, and I would suggest not just doing the, like the fold open Bible and, and point. Um, if you're new to the Bible, start with the Gospels. Start with Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you want to know where those books of the Bible are, you start in the table of contents right at the beginning of the Bible. And you find the names Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And your Bibles, my Bible too, has these little subheadings that kind of divide up the Gospels into stories and into the, the content that is, that's together thematically. And so you can just pick one story. And I would suggest you just pick one story of Jesus if you're brand new to this. Once you've chosen a text, and we're going to get to this in a moment, but in January, we've actually chosen the Psalms as a church. And every weekend, we're going to be doing Lectio Divina together through a psalm. But there's actually four practices that are part of Lectio Divina that make it up. But before diving in, this is a really important step. First, you have to stop. Lectio Divina doesn't work when you're running a sprint. Like, you have to stop. And for some of us, that's literally the hardest part, is creating space in our day where we just stop. We shut off the notifications. We shut off the noise. And so I'm going to invite you to do that right now. Would you just stop wherever your mind is, whatever's racing? In the name of Jesus, I pray over you and those online, the freedom to stop. You can rest now. The peace of Christ to you. And so we stop. And as we stop, we remember to breathe. Why do we breathe? Because what we're going to be reading is an inspired word. It's a God-breathed word that wasn't just breathed out. It's God-breathing, life-giving. And so pay attention to your breath. I mean, take a big, deep breath. Some of us are under-oxygenated throughout our whole day. We're (laughs) through the whole day with shallow breath. Right now, friends, would you take a deep breath? Stop and breathe. If it would help, I invite you to just quiet your heart and soul. Maybe you need to close your eyes. Maybe in the room here at home or wherever you're online, it's a little distracting. So close your, close your eyes. You've stopped. You're paying attention to your breath. 
And now the quieting of the heart and soul is just being attentive to what your heart and soul is up to. For some of us, it's remembering that we even have a soul. Yes, you do. You have one. We stop, we breathe, we quiet our heart and soul. And then we're going to ask Jesus to be with us in our reading. Because Jesus is our rabbi, he's our teacher, he's our guide into the text, into the scriptures. It's all pointing to him. He's a wonderful guide. And even when we're reading confusing or upsetting things, Jesus can be our guide. And he promised that the Spirit then would guide us into all truth. So you invite Jesus to be with us in our reading. And so Jesus, in our pausing now, in our breathing, first, I thank you for the breath that you give. And not only the physical breath you give, you breathe spiritual life into us. You animate us by the Spirit. We invite you now to guide us in our reading. We need your understanding. We need your insight, your wisdom. We need the eyes to see you in the scriptures we read. And then we pause. We pray. We invite Jesus. Because here's what's happening at this point. If you've stopped and you're breathing, you've kind of quieted yourself, you've paid attention to your soul, you've invited Jesus to be part of the reading, here's what's happening. You're having a revolution happen of your pace and of your appetites. That's what's happening in Lectio. It changes our pace because most of us either are like rushing too slow or lagging behind and there's a way to walk with the Spirit. And in stopping in the breathing and inviting Jesus, he's, he's showing us what pace to walk at. So it's a reorientation of, of pace, but it's also a renewal of our appetites. We are so often, friends, we're driven by our appetites, our hungers and thirsts, right? Not just the physical ones. And what, the, what Lectio Divina is doing by sitting over the scripture and quieting our, ourselves, as we invite Jesus to guide us into the scriptures, what's happening is he's renewing our appetites to cause in us a hunger for more of him, for more of the word, for more transformation. When we have appetites for all sorts of things, and he wants to bring to the surface the truest and deepest appetite, which is for more of Jesus. So that's all happening under the surface. When you stop and you breathe, and you pause, you create some space in your day, even if it's just for a few minutes, before even entering the text, Jesus is already altering your pace and renewing your appetite. So that's all happening. That's a little behind the curtain thing. But once there's some stillness, we begin with these four steps. And I just want to take you through like a little tutorial on Lectio Divina, really practically. Once you sense some stillness in your soul, and friends, honestly, that might take a while sometime. We did this as a team a little while back. Shalina was leading our team in just a quiet moment. And we decided, and she led us in this way of, we are going to pause and wait and not pray too fast. We're going to wait to feel the joy of Christ and then move into that space. So sometimes it's going to take some waiting, which is really good. But once there's stillness, we begin. And the first part of Lectio Divina is what's called receiving. This is where you'll attentively read the portion of scripture you've chosen. Remember, it's not fast, it's slow. And you be aware of the words and phrases and ideas that grab your attention. Maybe you sense the Spirit speaking to your heart. In the receiving, it's you read it more than once. You choose a, a passage of scripture that's kind of enough to get your mind around. You don't want to be reading seven chapters. On a, a, a short story, a short psalm, where you read it attentively, and you're waiting to be inspired by something, a word to stand out, a phrase, a picture, a memory to come to mind. And you're going to trust that. You kind of hold that in your open hand. 
Here's what I'm receiving through this text. And it's early, but here's the things that are kind of standing out to me or being highlighted by the Spirit. Jesus, as our guide, we're going to trust you to bring the good things to mind that you want us paying attention to. So that's the receiving. Then there's the repetition or meditation. It's now you're going to stop and think about the things that have come out of the text. It's giving reflective attention to something until its real full meaning begins to be revealed. This is the movement from head to heart. This is where the reading goes from just trying to understand it and study it, which is good. We study the scriptures, but we're also commanded to meditate on. That means move it to the heart, mull over it. And often this can be literal repetition, holding a word or phrase for a while, even through the day. And this is more repetition than analysis. You're not trying to break it apart and find all the nuances yet. You're simply holding what's there and meditating on it. A little while ago, I was reading, again, Psalm 23. We're going to do a different psalm here in just a moment. Um, But I read Psalm 23. And in the one translation, it simply says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And I paused. And for like the next five or six days, I meditated, just brought to mind, mulled over this idea, the Lord is my shepherd, and because he is, I have everything I need. And you start seeing the world through the lens of a good shepherd who's meeting your needs. I'll tell you, it's pretty wonderful. So it's more repetition than analysis. It's sitting, it's soaking in the things that God's revealing. Next, there's, there's the response. A response of the heart to the word received and then repeated. It's less a, a response of many words and more a sense of consent. It's like gratitude and love, but almost, all, it can also include a sense of asking for assistance related to that word. So maybe a word of conviction has come or a word of encouragement has come. It's like, okay, this is the response. So I'm going to give my yes to what God is doing here. This is what I'm going to say yes to. And then lastly, there's union. And this is our whole being saying, Jesus, what you're revealing through this text to me, what you're wanting me to understand, how you're wanting me to respond I'm all in. It's fully entering into what has been received. Deep and experienced integration, we would call it. For moving from a fragmented life to this integrated life where what Jesus is saying and how he's inspiring us is giving us life. And perhaps it's by making a concrete step in response to what's been received or simply by resting in an experience of union and intimacy with God. He spoke. I heard him. We're together. Thanks be to God. That counts. That counts as union. Receiving, repetition, response, union. It's kind of these essential four parts of Lectio Divina. A little while ago, I was sitting with someone who was doing some teaching on this, and it helped me because the person who was teaching it said, you almost need to think of Lectio Divina like eating a meal. In the receiving, it's like taking a bite of food. In repetition, that's the chewing, putting it over and over again in your mouth. In response, it's savoring the essence of the flavors if it's a good meal. You savor the essence of the flavors. Like, wow, that is so delicious. Mm, that is so good. And then union is like digestion. It becomes part of your body. It's nourishing. It's moving into the cells and all that sort of thing. That's how we read the scriptures. The scripture is not to be moved through like a sprint. For God to breathe his life into us, it's like eating a meal with Jesus. And what he's feeding us is his word. And he's saying, now take a bite. Do you taste it? Don't swallow fast. Come on, chew a little bit. <laughs> Do you taste? Do you taste and see the goodness? Savor it a little bit. Now, take it in. Let it digest. Let it become part of you. Do you feel the strength of it rising within you? 
That's what Lectio Divina is doing. It's allowing us to come to the scriptures and have the scriptures read us as much as we're reading it. And it is a partnership with the Spirit of God in his nourishing work in us. And so take time to eat really good food. Come to the table and be at the word and take your time. So through January, we're going to be practicing, like I said, Lectio Divina together, and we're going to be using a different psalm every weekend. And we're going to just take a few minutes right now. We have a little bit of time, and we're going to just practice by looking at Psalm 100. Tally, can you bring up Psalm 100? We're actually going to be reflecting on this psalm this week and then responding through the week and then in this psalm next Sunday. Now, this is a psalm of orientation, we call it. And there's all different kinds of psalms, and one of the ways to think about the genres of psalms is there's psalms of orientation, that is psalms of praise, all is well, God is good, wonderful. There's psalms of disorientation. That's the, what in the world's going on? Why is it so dark? God, why have you forsaken me? And there's actually more of those psalms than any other kind of psalm. So we're going to look at one of those in about two weeks. Then there's the psalms of reorientation. It's this whole way that we kind of move through this cycle of orientation, disorientation, reorientation, and reorientation is that place in the middle. It's liminal space. We're like, things aren't 100% great. There's no victory yet, but I'm trusting in God. And we're kind of in that middle space. And so every weekend, we are going to be doing Lectio Divina in a different psalm. Next Sunday, we're going to be looking at Psalm 100. But why don't we look at it together now? This psalm of orientation. And through this week, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to respond. And next Sunday, a few of us will sit up here. We're not sure who it is yet. We listen to Jesus about that through the week, and we're going to bring our reflections, but we want your reflections. As you receive, as you repeat, meditate, as you bring in the word, we want to hear what God's speaking to you, because the best way to hear God's word together is in community. I've said before, I mean, like the best heresies in life start when someone goes off by themselves and just hears on their own. The biggest heresies, that's what, that's what happens. But when we bring the reading into community, we're checking one another and hearing the spirit together. That's what the body's for. And so we want to bring this psalm and our reflections back together. Throughout this week, you can go on the blog at spaconline.com, and there's a few ways that you can respond. There's some questions to answer. There's a reflection that you can give. And there's also a creative response that you can provide. If you're an artist and it's poetry or painting or sculpting or a song or whatever else, we want to be hearing those things, and we're going to be displaying some creative responses. But through the week, we'll be, we'll be um, gathering your responses to this psalm as we're Lectio Divining together, Divina-ing together, and we're going to bring that together in one reflection. But would you like to start now? Can we just do this together? I mean, we're already stopped and paused and breathing. We've done all this stuff. We may as well come right to the word. And so Psalm 100. And let's practice this again. So would you stop? Let's pay attention to our breath. We quiet our hearts and souls and we invite Jesus to be our guide. Jesus, in this reading of Psalm 100, breathe your inspired word to us. We need good food today. Your word is good food. And Jesus, you will reveal yourself in this text. It all points to you. Would you show us what to pay attention to as a community? And we wait for you, Jesus, to be our guide, and we know that you are. You're so good to us.
Psalm 100, a psalm for giving grateful praise. And if you want to, if you want to write down things as they come, it's great to journal or write things in notes, whatever else. Let's pay attention. We're going to watch for the things that jump off the page to us. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So now sit with it for a moment. We've just taken the bite of food. You taste anything? Something coming to the surface that you want to savor? I'm going to read it one more time. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Just in the quietness, what are you hearing? You sense the Spirit saying, that's a word for you? Or hold on to that one for a minute. Or there's a question that's arising. I'm going to call our worship team up, Shalina and the team. You can come on up and lead us in our closing song in just a minute. But I also don't want us to rush. So let's sit with the psalm for just a second together. I wonder what phrase is coming to mind for many of us. What's the invitation you're sensing from the Spirit to to mull on that, to chew on that, to savor that? I'm not going to show my hand and all this too much, but, you know, for me, there's something about that phrase, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Anyone else kind of says, oh, there's something there. I need to reflect on that. I needed to hear that, that we're his. Yeah, you can wave at me. So I'm not, yeah, there we go. It's okay. Hi, everyone. Maybe there's something about coming before the Lord with joyful songs. And the thing that immediately you think is, I don't have a lot of joyful songs right now. And you're being asked to enter into a space with Jesus where he's going to guide you into joyful songs that are true and genuine. What would that mean to sing joyful songs when your heart's not there? Can we do that? Seems like we can. What would that mean for us? What does it mean that the Lord is good and his love endures forever? What's the implications of the eternality of love? That there is no end or limit, that you can dive into the love of God And for all time and eternity, dive deeper and deeper and deeper, and you will never hit the limit. But then that's how God loves us. Maybe that's something worth reflecting on. So we're going to take this psalm, and through the week, 
would you all practice Lectio Divina with us? And as there's responses you want to give, go online, social media-ish, kind of. Okay, so Selena will do things with it if it goes there. And uh, we're going to be responding together through the week and then next weekend, like I said, looking at the reflections and see what Jesus is saying to the body. You know, I've believed for a long time that, you know, in the past, it seemed like in churches and stuff, pastors would come and it'd be like, okay, here's the vision. Here we go. And um, one person would kind of go away and get the vision and come back and say, everyone do what I say and follow this. You know, coming here to be part of this team and to be part of leading this church, I made a commitment that I want to keep to you as a church. And that is there would be no running away to get some individualistic vision that comes back that everyone is inflicted by. Because here's what I do believe. I believe that Jesus is speaking to the body. I believe that vision is coming to all of us together. And I get one of the privileges that we have as a team is to simply hear what Jesus is saying to the body, to bring some name to it, harness it and point it in a direction. But it's Jesus speaking to all of us. And there's no professional at this. As much as I or others may stand here and teach about this, I mean, ground is level at the foot of the cross. We all come and listen together. There's no professionals in this. And so we bring what we have. And in your reflection, even if you write it and you're like, ooh, I'm not so sure about this one, we just send it anyway and we'll listen together. And I think over the month of January through Psalms of orientation and disorientation and reorientation, God is going to speak to the church. And we are going to hear his voice. And he's going to give us direction. He's going to give us courage. He might bring conviction, but there will be forgiveness. And we will find ourselves walking together as a body, animated by the Spirit, breathing the breath of God in joy and victory together. How does that sound? Amen? Let me pray. Father, I commission this church now, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to this adventure of Lectio Divina over the month of January. What better way to start a new year? Instead of a bunch of doing, we begin by listening. And so, Jesus, we declare again, as we've done before, Jesus, you are the leader of the church. We follow you. You are the head, and it's our privilege to come behind you as a body, all together as one, the priesthood of all believers together, hearing your voice and walking in the direction you have for us. But Jesus, for all that has happened in, this, in the past, we're so grateful, but now we turn our eyes forward. We say, Jesus, we're ready to respond every single day to the life-giving word that you have for us. Would you speak? We know you're speaking. Your kids are listening. We're ready to hear and respond. Thanks for loving us so well. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.